podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favourite looks, tips and steers. Yep, there are Propo's prop bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker and naturally the most important battle of all, me and all going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already, check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush. And no, Propo still hasn't watched The Wire. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Hope you guys had a good Christmas. Did you get everything you wanted? First things first. I hope you did. Mike and I both got colds for Christmas, which you will find out in due course. So uh, we are a little bit husky today, particularly on Mike. He's very husky. Uh, we've coughed quite a lot during this show, but uh, Propo should edit it out when he recovers from wherever the hell he is right now. And uh, maybe we kind of meander around a little bit more, probably because we are both under the influence of very heavy, over-the-counter medicinal (laughs) substances. So uh, it's an interesting one, but a fun one. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Sit back, relax, and enjoy me and I, Mike, getting into all the big stories for around the NFL right now. I, Mike, this could be quite an interesting show, frankly, because both of us are, what's the technical term? Crook. (laughs) <laughs> crook yeah i i look crook <laughs> i i just put on the sweatshirt and that was it you i slept i slept in the sweatshirt i'm working in the sweat in the sweatshirt yeah i've got something down there in the in the mm. chest and uh this morning it would have been great for our listeners because this morning mm. uh my larynx was so constricted that i could only whisper to the dogs i was like oh, i'll feed you in a minute and that would have been much better than my usual my usual ranting oh, Carlton, you know. years and years i've been uh i've been hoping for that no on in all seriousness, we're both a little bit um, we're both a little bit banged up, but we're going to battle through because there's so much to get into, obviously, and we can't leave our listeners hanging. So we're going to dive into a whole bunch of questions from the mailbag as well. We got all kinds of stuff. No running order, no propo. He's still presumably crazily hungover from Christmas Day. Well, that's another illness <laughs> yeah. of, a di- of a different sort. It's not wise leaving us to our own devices, as we've uh, established many times over the years, but we'll see. That's true. But I, I think we should apologize into advan- in advance to the audience be. because we did we did trail that this was going to be a special uh, mailbag edition. And then mm. someone came to their senses on Christmas Day <laughs> and said, well, hang on, we've still got week 16. We ought to at least address that. So, yeah, let's let's do that. We get us exactly fair point. Well, let's start I keep the- getting these promises, you know, for years. <laughs> let's talk about your early career. Let's blame Propo for all of do that, you, frankly. Yeah. You know, I do think do you have good that. libel lawyers? <laughs> How is that idea? <laughs> that show with Antonio Brown going, by the way, I want to see. I want to hear the pilot. Right. Why don't we start with Nathaniel Hackett? Uh, he's a goner, Iron Mike. No surprise there, really. Although the first thing that sprung to mind, why has this changed over recent years where back in the day for years and years and years, even if someone was a lame duck sitting duck head coach, they'd wait till Black Monday, the end of the season before they made the move. Why has that gradually started to change in recent years and, and coaches are getting fired mid-season? 
Well, what they're what they're saying now in Denver, what's coming out of Denver is that they want extra time to do the recruiting process. But that's kind of a, you know, I, I always think that's kind of strange because the coaches who are working are working. You're not going to be able to interview them. Right. College coaches, of course, can leave their contracts at any time. You know, the number of coaches who left their teams before the bowl games. You know, one actually coached against his team in a bowl game, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> you kidding me? Okay. Um, and um, but that that seems to be the way it is. But it's unusual for first first year yeah. coaches um, because usually you're given, you know, a second year to, to try. Uh, there was a stat that went up, but it only went back. It said of all time, this has only happened five times in NFL history. And then if you looked at the little words, it said since 1970 you know, <laughs> sure. or, or since, since the merger. Now, since I was feeling so crook, I didn't bother to take out uh, my handbook and try to go back and figure out which other guys were first year coaches. But oh. since it's interesting since 70 yeah. in 76, Lou Holtz was fired by the jets. Mm-hmm. They were, were three and 10 Mike Holovac, the former Patriots coach or future Patriots coach former um, went zero and one in the last game of the season in 78, the Niners fired Pete McCulley, who was one and eight replaced him with Fred O'Connor. They had a thing about Irish coaches. He, he went one and six. <laughs> so they finished the season two and 14. And the next year, you know who they hired? Bill Walsh. Exactly. Another Irish coach. Um, you'll remember well in 2007 when we went down to Atlanta and I think it was Bobby Petrino's last game before he mm-hmm. bailed on the Falcons. He he stuck a little note that said, like, I'm out of here on his locker in his <laughs> yeah. office well, and, just, and disappeared on a motorcycle to have a crash with some girl. Um, he was three and ten when he left the Falcons. Mm. And then, of course, last year, Urban Meyer got fired um, at, at two and eleven. And that's kind of more. The, You'd expect it with Meyer, right? When it's dysfunctional, yeah. I mean, off the field but issue. that's the way Hackett was. You know, Meyer and Hackett were both the thing they had in common was you could see from the beginning this wasn't going to work. Yeah, it didn't take. I mean, I was saying it, and you'll remember before before the season ever started, I I had serious doubts about Hackett because I couldn't see what he had done. Mm. You know, even in Green Bay, oh, he was Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, well, Aaron, that's like being you know Peyton Manning's quarterback coach. Or, you know, or, <laughs> you know, it's it's like. Um, Rogers did what he wanted and basically you keep him happy and, and things work out or don't. So, yeah, I wasn't that surprised what it simply clears the deck for them a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, that they can, you know, I mean, Dan Quinn was supposedly, it was funny because Dan Quinn was supposedly the front runner for their coaching job. Mm. And then Hackett came in and blew them out apparently with an inter- a great interview. And I think you know, reading between the lines, there was the case that they were going to try to get Kirk Cousins because George Pett and the, the general manager came from Minnesota. Well, Kirk Cousins the, is head coach. <laughs> Mike player coach, player coach. It would be great. Um, they could do that with John Elway. Um, and uh, then it was, you know, Hackett will come and, and Rogers will sign here. Mm. And now the biggest problem is not who replaces Nathaniel Hackett. It's mm. what, what you do with Russell Wilson. So let's get into that yeah. huge contract. It's a it's a crazy contract. They've given up the house for him, of course. I think, uh, and if you if I'm wrong, by all means tap us up on the NC show if you saw this coming. But I I don't think anybody did, right? I mean, I think the question was whether he would be the missing piece because we've seen how great the defense is. The offense is stacked with weapons. That was the logic. They've whiffed on yeah. so many quarterbacks over the years since Peyton. Uh, he would be the missing piece to make them contenders, right? Yeah. Uh, so the question was, there was definitely two camps. Some people say, I'm not sure he is going to be the difference, but nobody, Mike, saw this 
complete class. no not really and and you know again i thought hackett was not necessarily the right guy to do this but i said the one thing he has in common is that wilson plays a lot like rogers in the sense that he likes when the play breaks down and right. then he can make things happen so you know i don't know how a coach programs plays to break down but when you looked at their offense <laughs> it was theoretically a good running team yeah they had big receivers and an offensive line that had some talent but was somewhat questionable. That sounds exactly like every Seattle Seahawks team that <laughs> Russell Wilson played on. Right. Um, so, you know, the idea was probably a good one. I don't think anybody realized how far Wilson had regressed. Mm. Uh, and it, I, to, in my mind, it's accumulation of those niggling injuries he played through for years, mostly like ankle injuries and stuff, which reduces his mobility and his game was built on, on mobility there. You, some have argued that it's also like off field distractions, kind mm -hmm. of like the, the, the Giselle syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that his marriage isn't happy or anything like that, but that he has to devote a lot of time uh, to it. I have no idea whether that's true or not. And I'd, I'd rather concentrate on the, on what, what you see on, on the field, but what you see on the field is a guy who, you know, rushes decisions, makes bad decisions, throws aren't particularly accurate. Um, you know, and if you've been watching, I was watching Russell Wilson when I was doing college games at, mm. um, when he was at Wisconsin. And uh, that's not the Russell Wilson we saw, but it is a huge problem for whoever takes takes over from Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I mean, is the decline you've seen in him, is it irreversible, do you think? Or do you think Wilson can get back even to a competent level? Because at the moment, and, he, and he's been a great NFL, a very good NFL player, but he at the moment, he is one of the weakest quarterbacks in the league, right? We do. There's a lot of competition there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'd say he's he, he's kind of in the the low middle, maybe or the or the the bottom high like, bottom third. Like um, twenty four. Yeah, sort of in that in that kind of early twenties kind of. Um, now remember, we've had literally fifty nine starting quarterbacks in the league this year. That, almost okay. almost two almost two per team. Um, and yeah, I think you could you'd have to restructure your offense a bit. Mm. Um, the question is, has Wilson ever really been an effective pocket passer? Mm -hmm. He's short, remember. So seeing over the pocket is a problem, which is mobility always mitigated. Um, and at Wisconsin, he pretty much was, although he would scramble and, and get them. But they had a big, powerful offensive line and a great running game. He was the perfect quarterback for Seattle mm -hmm. um, and what Pete Carroll wanted to do. So I'm not, I don't know, you know, and, and obviously his contract constricts what you are free to do. Right. Um, you know, in terms of building a team around him. But, you know, if it were true that they were only a few pieces away last year, a coach who can come in and yeah. coax Wilson in, into a better system that, that brings out his strengths, they might well be a contender next year, you know, with just a, a few crucial ads and starting with the offensive line, I think. And the line for sure, Javante Williams, of course, his absence shouldn't be uh, understated too. I mean, That's true I, too. I think it's a, it's a good gig. Uh, can you see somebody like Harville coming out back into the NFL from college? What, who, that's, be in the frame? that's a very good, that's a very good guess. Um, and now with Harbaugh, you always have this thing of, you know, who knows him best and who's, who's got a place to bring him. But if Michigan, Michigan have gone about as far as they can go now in, into the, the FBS final four, uh, if he can get to the game final, even if he loses it, I think he may think his work at Michigan is done. He's rebuilt them in the last few years after having a couple of bad years, um, mm. by, by Michigan standards. Uh, and he would be a very sought after 
head coach. Now, I like um, what's his name? Virjo. I think that their defensive coordinator has done a remarkably good job in Denver, but I doubt they'll promote a young defensive coordinator to head coach. I think he'll get, he might get some looks from other teams as head coaches, though. Is the um, operative word there defensive? We, I mean, because we've seen young offensive coordinators getting the nod. Is that, is that tends to be more, uh, it's more of a comfortable decision for ownership to make. A McDaniel, for example, as opposed to a young defensive mind. With yeah, the- I mean, you could say, you know, you could say that Miami went to the that well with Brian Flores, who mm. certainly wasn't an old an old veteran coach and, and was doing pretty well in Miami. Yeah. You know, I think his problems were more clashes with the general manager in front office um, than, than anything else. And apparently now, a year later, people are saying, oh, well, you know, the team pissed the team off. He was, it was all my way or the highway kind of stuff. And, mm. you know, that doesn't work if you're Matt Patricia, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can work. Uh, it can work for, for other teams. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of David Shaw would be an interesting one. The, the Stanford coach who mm. just retired. Um, his background is, is, in the harbor tree, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very good kind of leader. I'm not sure if the NFL is going to see that as, as someone who can come in and, and rework things. I think they'll think with Harbaugh that he, he, he would be able to handle a quarterback pretty well. Uh, it's going to be a big contract to get, to get him. Cause I, mm-hmm. I'm sure there, there will be um, a lot of competition uh, there. And it's interesting because a lot of the young, I'm not sure about a lot of young offensive coordinators. Um, and I think, you know, this year's results have proven it's, it's a very mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, cause names come up and people are, I mean, both both Steichen and Johnson, the quarterback coach, the OC and quarterback coach of Philadelphia, are both being suggested as head, as head coaches. I mean, mm. give me a break. This you is know. inevitable when a team yeah. goes on a roll. That or I like the other Johnson mm. um, from Detroit, Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator there. Yeah, who, yeah, he took over. Awesome. He but took over play calling midseason just just after midseason last year. Yeah. And Detroit's offense has been really good ever, ever since. since. Yeah, uh, I think that that speaks very well. It's it's interesting too because. A week ago, everybody was screaming about Bluto as a coach of the year, mm-hmm. Dan, Dan Campbell. Um, he'd gone one and six, and then he went six and one in the next seven games. So he was he was up there. I mean, literally, people were talking about him being coach of the year. Then they lost uh, this week. So that that kind of died down. Let, but it's an old – it's an, one of my old – I've probably used it on the show with you, um, you know, many times in the last 20 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you go one and seven – and then you finish the season seven and one. Mm. We're, we're using the 16 game season. Um, Works for me. You'll, you'll keep your job. Yeah. Everyone will say, what a great, if you go seven and one and then go one and seven, you'll lose your job. But yeah. both guys finish the season it's, eight and eight. Yeah. But it's the big mo, Iron Mike. It's, it's the, the big mo. mo. Absolutely. Mind you, that is, as we definitely talked about this. It's just like stand up. If you, if you, well, providing you can. <laughs> Stay on stage without being bottled off. If you uh, <laughs> if you have the second ten minutes of your twenty minutes set rolling, it's much better that way around. Trust me, I've been there many times. Do um, you know? Do you know there's a bowl game in Birmingham today? What? But really? Where yeah. the Utility Arena? <laughs> oh, Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd get you with that. Coastal <laughs> yeah. Coastal Carolina against East Carolina. Oh, that's where I'm heading. That, that should be really good. <laughs> I, I think our, our friend Ben Isaacs will be watching twenty hours minimum of college football per day. Yeah, if Grace, day. if Grayson McCall throws a touchdown pass you know ben's eyes will turn glassy <laughs> hey listen what well, speaking of that one more thing on the broncos speaking yeah. of um, quarterbacks um this is this is elway's record right since he's been involved in the front <laughs> office so this is like uh, so manning aside and look, <laughs> impossible to to whiff on one of the greatest of all time so brock osweiler was drafted the second round 2012 
basically a bust. Had a cup, had you know, a flash or two, but had a great and, contract though. Great, it was Mike McCartney yeah, from, <laughs> from uh, Houston. I think I think Houston yeah. gave him a big contract, That's right? Right, then, he did. Then they, good, good, yeah. Then yeah. they traded him to Cleveland to dump the contract. Basically. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he must have Mike McCartney as his agent. Okay, Trevor Simeon uh, drafted in 2015 seventh round. Who's right. currently the, with um, the back of the Bears now? Um, the passing, the passing primate. Okay, Paxton Lynch, remember him? A first yeah, Paxton round? Lynch, six foot seven, two hundred and five pounds out of you know Memphis. Where Paxton is now. Paxton's a backup pa- quarterback in the CFL. <laughs> That's oh, okay. Uh, Case, the great Case Keenum, well, I doesn't really yeah. matter because it was a backup. And well, was a, no, and Keenan, course- Keenan basically is a backup. His ceiling yeah. is, is is as a backup who can actually come in and win a game for you. Yeah. Um, if if everything breaks right, yeah. solid backup. But as so, he did yeah. that that season in Minnesota, and but what did Minnesota? They made the playoffs. What did Minnesota do? They they immediately moved on. Yeah, they got Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and Drew Locke, of course, is one of the great Drew Locke. The show favorite. <laughs> Drafted second round in 2019 uh, in backup land as well. So, yeah, fair to say Elway really had a great strike. It's funny Much. about funny about that, isn't it? And and Manning, I mean, Manning was a no-brainer, but they won their Super Bowl when Manning and Osweiler had basically virtually identical seasons, they, splitting time, you know, because right, Manning was yeah. hurt. You know, and Manning's passing ratings and stuff were no better than Osweiler's that year. Uh, okay, let's move on. You mentioned the Lions. Let's go there then. So their mojo, because they were as well as uh, putting Dan Cabell in the in the hunt for Coach of the Year. Of course, they were uh, perhaps more importantly feeling like they could time it right and, and make the playoffs. But that defeat has stalled their progress, but hasn't completely kiboshed it, Mike. Because it's a really interesting. Well, uh, it's it's they, the them it's them and the Packers yeah. for for a wild card um, among the people in their division. But you know, you the when Hawks you look as well, and the yeah, when you look at the wild cards in the you know in both leagues, actually, you know, you're talking about a lot of seven and eight teams right now, even a couple that are six and nine, but yeah. you think that they you know eight and nine might get them in. So mm-hmm. it's it's really it's really hard to say. You you've got what is it one two. Uh, San Francisco, Minnesota. So you've got four division winners. Yeah, you know who are are winner and Dallas. Well, well you have three division uh, winners. The South is is the one that's yeah, open. Sorry. Any of any of them. Yeah, taking three the division bucks. winners plus Dallas. Um, who who you know who have have the records? No, and mm-hmm. uh, no four. Yeah. Right, fill it. Yeah, three, three division winners and Dallas are, are and, yeah. and Dallas are basically the the four teams you you worry about, and the rest is all seven seven and eighters and six and niners fighting yeah. out. Um, and, and then the it's, Giants, it's the pretty much one, yeah. So yeah, um, pretty much the same situation. And and that's funny that gives the Giants a huge advantage. I always say ties are not a bad thing because ties are the best best tiebreaker right, at the end of the season, rather than strength of schedule or point difference, common opponents, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's basically the same situation in the in the um, AFC. You know, mm. Baltimore's the only um, second place team with ten wins. Um, although the char the Chargers won last night, so they're up to nine. But they clinched uh, with that win as well. So. And they yeah they clinched the playoff spot. So the the other two spots will be between you know teams who are now eight and seven is Miami, um, and the others are all seven and eight, if I'm not mistaken. So I want to actually let's go to the Chargers of Monday Night Football. Comfortable win over the Colts, and the Colts had gone with Nick Foles, which clearly uh, didn't work, and the fans restless there. I was with, would have of, would have worked if uh, Frank Reich was still the coach. <laughs> Frank was might have worked. Uh, might have worked. I with this bloody cold. I was uh, I was up listening uh, listening to it. I just had a, had the game on and was was listening to it in the wee small hours. 
And something occurred to me as the comms were backing and forwarding on Derwin James ejected from the game, but of course back from an injury. And they were talking about the expected return of Bosa. We know that the offense has been uh, strengthened in, in recent weeks with key pieces that had been missing. We talk a lot about timing uh, in uh, the, at this stage of the season as you get to the playoffs. That's the single most important thing, is it? The, the, and conversely, you look at Lane Johnson going down for the Eagles, obviously Jalen, we don't know the severity of that injury. The Chargers seem to me, Mike, one of those teams that are coming up on the inside rail because they're getting so many key pieces back. The The thing that stands out to me in that game is that they, regardless of who was a quarterback, they held the Colts to three points. Right. And, and you know, the Colts were, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's out, so but they are a run first team and you would have, you would have thought they'd be able to run through the charges because run defense has been their bugaboo for about five years um, in a row. And their offensive line is actually playing pretty well by their standards, which is, you know, not a low bar, but, but still um, it's, it's improved. They, they haven't quite hung Justin Herbert out the way that the Bengals hung Joe Burrow out for a couple, for a couple of mm. years. And, and I think both teams, they're giving have, it their best shot, but <laughs> yeah, they, they try, but you know, both teams, the, the fixing that was, was their major, was their priority. Um you could put them in that Cincinnati last season category, but mm-hmm. I think Cincinnati is also in that Cincinnati last season category and that they're building up momentum and they did what you have to do uh, to be a playoff game. They won a game that they almost threw away, right? you know, should have won, but then tried hard to throw it away and should have lost, but they managed somehow with the aid of the officials to, to, um, to pull that out. You know, last week I was ranting because they called twice. Chandon Sullivan picked up fumbles and ran them for touchdowns. Both times they called them back mm-hmm. saying that forward progress had been stopped, which was more or less true. Um, but there was no whistle or anything like that that would you know in, indicate a stop play. And this time, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Um, and they said, oh, his legs were still alive. Yeah, they were alive. They were going backwards. <laughs> yeah. Was it, what was his name? Adam like basically lived on him, just pushing him backwards. Of course, his legs had to stay in play because otherwise <laughs> he's going to fall on his ass. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just thought that was, you know, they're, they're letting a lot go, which I think in the long term, I would rather have them stopping plays sooner rather than later. Although mm. then you get the attendant fumble situation, you know, but, but what you've got now is every time a player is stopped, six of his teammates barrel in behind him like mm-hmm. like like a um like a mall mm-hmm. yeah. um you it know is. and and just dri- drive the extra every, drive yeah, everything yeah, yeah. forward yeah, yeah and right. sooner or later someone's gonna get trapped in that and hurt yeah 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 so on the on that game the um the Bengals patriots game it means yeah. it makes it really interesting in the in terms of the playoff race now, because of course the Bills play the Bengals Monday Night Football this week. Uh, That's a good game. And the Bills have the tiebreaker on the Chiefs, right? Who are second? So they if, beat the Chiefs in, yeah. in Kansas City. So if the Bills win out, they're the number one seed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, let's talk. Go ahead and project ahead to the to the Bills Bengals game then, because the Bills are winning games ugly, narrowly, very ugly. Still getting it, still getting it done. Um, yeah, I, I I said, watching the games on Saturday, I, I tweeted out, it looks to me like Josh Allen has gone back to Wyoming <laughs> and forgotten <laughs> everything that he's learned in the last three years. He's right. he's playing like the quarterback he was in college. And, yeah. and that's that's somewhat inconsistent, if not erratic. Um, With flashes, it, like in plays that will game change oh, yeah change oh yeah that's still yeah. there but absolutely the it, that, and, and the question the question is you know can the Bengals 
can the Bengals hold them in check, which they're pretty mm. good at doing. Remember, they, they shut out New England in the first half. New mm. England got one defensive touchdown, so that 18 points is actually 11, you know. Um, and New England never really looked like scoring. They got their touchdown on a fluke play. Yeah. Um, and they're very good at the, in the second half at making adjustments. Meanwhile, Buffalo is basically always playing that same kind of contained zone. You know, they, they want to keep everything in front of them. And the Bengals... If you if you man up on them, they can beat you. You know, mm. Chase can beat you, uh, Higgins can beat you, Boyd can beat you, but not you know not consistently enough. But but you know they're they're difficult in that sense. It's gonna this is gonna be a really interesting game, and and both teams yeah are going to go at it. You know, uh, some teams Philadelphia is a case in point. If I'm them, I I don't rush Hurts back. Uh, I don't rush Lane Johnson back. They got they got New Orleans um, next week, and you know Minshew didn't play badly against the Cowboys. You know there were a couple of if Quez Watkins didn't have two balls taken out of his hands, mm. <laughs> Quez, you're going to the weight room <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> all day. Um, you know, and and a couple of kind of not fluky but bad fumbles. You know, mm. and it, it, you take the four turnovers away. Um, and you know, they, they play pretty well. And I think Minshew could probably you know survive against the Saints as well, who are always taught. They make it difficult for you. They, you know, Allen's a really And they're in the mix now, as we've talked about as well. The Saints probably are still hanging on in that South race. So they're six yeah. and nine. So the Panthers, the Panthers play the Bucks this weekend, of course. So that will probably decide it. What did you make of Dak Prescott's performance in in that game? In and out, like like his performance all season, it's been in and out. He makes some great plays. Uh, he knows he's got receivers to throw to. They've they've got a good running back tandem, which which makes it harder for for defenses um, to compete. But I mean, that game is decided basically on the that um, third and thirty pass yeah. to T Y Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, yeah and that was, that's a, that was a big league throw. Um, you know, and and Hilton made a great catch, his first first catch as, as a Cowboy. So yeah, you know, like I say, I think. I think that we we tend to overrate the Cowboys just naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hype goes, everyone goes on the hype. Um, and defensively, there the teams have figured out some things they can do against them. One of which is double moves on Trevon Diggs, mm. um, which works a treat. Which is why when I wrote my column last Friday on Patreon, I, he was one of the guys who I didn't. I said you know wasn't in my. Pro Bowl, Pro, Pro Bowl rosters. I think I put J.C. Horn in there. Because you're knock on him. Like, you've, you've always maintained because he's a highlight reel kind of guy, a ball yeah. walker and it makes flashy plays. It, it um, papers over the cracks. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's hard to figure out. I, I, the other thing I said was, you know, the, the fans vote, the, the players vote, the coaches vote. It's one third each, each um, electorate. But it doesn't depend who votes for what. It depends on who counts the votes, as Stalin, as Stalin once said. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, how are you going to take it that Tua ran away with the fan vote? He was the number right. one fan vote. Uh, was it he or McCart- yeah. M- no, McCaffrey? Yeah. He yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in each conference, they were the number one fan vote. Yes, right. Um, neither, neither made the roster. And and in in both cases, especially too, as I say, well, it's not a snub. Well, who, which guy would you take out? Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, yeah, Patrick right. Mahomes, right. right? You know, is he be- has he played better than been all three of those guys? I don't think so. But you know, um, but if if he had such a huge margin among the fans, his vote among the coaches and players couldn't have been very huge. Yeah, so you know, well, uh, it's they, the same what is the rationale? Of, Do they wait? They just give the fan vote? Is well, this slightly yeah, I mean, they, uh, if it were me. 
if it were me and got, you know, it would never be. So we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> but I don't understand why the Pro Bowl voting starts so early. Mm. You know, because there's guys who are injured in week eight, say, who who are in the, make you know, the, cut, yeah. the Pro Bowl. And that's just yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. I, I would I would think they could start it at Thanksgiving mm. and vote right through the last week of the season, you know, and then announce it, um, you know, at the season at season's end or yeah. during the week before the, the wild card playoffs or something like that. That would, would be plenty of time for people to vote mm. and you'd get a much better idea of who's doing what. Because December is when it counts. Mm. You know, it's the guys who play best at the end of the season when everything's up for grabs that you really want to be, you know, be looking at for those, for those kind of awards. So, yeah, I mean, and it means nothing except contractually, I suppose. And, and 20 years from now, when people look back and say, Oh, he was voted to eight pro bowls. Uh, yeah. You were for the eight pro bowls. And yeah. I, I'm um, definitely, yeah but you know, what are they going to be doing? Throwing, throwing footballs at tires on a rope and playing flag. I football hope so. That's more interesting than, uh, <laughs> than the actual game. They play. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, let's, uh, let's talk to her because you mentioned him and worrying reports coming out. The uh, game against the Packers was completely thrown game, away by the game, Dolphins. Game, game of two halves, isn't it? It's a game of two halves, son. Um, completely in control of the first half yeah. to a pick city in the second. But the story then emerges and has come out in, in the last 24 hours back in concussion protocol and supposedly took a hit at the end. Well, he took a hit at the end of the first half, but that hit supposedly, uh, some are suggesting, um, gave him another concussion, which is desperately concerning given the history this season yeah does it make sense to you looking at that game looking at how he imploded that that is quite a plausible explanation i guess i guess i didn't see it myself um the hits or the game the, the, hit, the game i mean I, I looked at it for a bit and i said okay this is i picked miami to win yeah i said okay miami's gonna roll on this one so yeah. I, I went to bed <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then i got up and oh i um, messaged propo and uh said there were overs rolling in here after about 10 minutes much to, he's gonna have a lot of fun on edge rush with that i'm sure yeah i, I, I jumped i, I jumped my best bet of the week i jumped on the 31 and a half well over um in um new orleans cleveland and it was 17 oh i thought that was going to come and, in as well yeah and the, i thought so too they had four they had four shots at the end zone at the end of the game and the touchdown puts it over i'm yeah i'm screaming for the browns unbelievable anyway um True. it could it could be um but he's been shaky or without the concussions unless there's other undetected con concussion issues maybe yeah um but because um because I think I said this two weeks ago, maybe when we talk about the, the change in the second half mm -hmm. um, with the Bengals, uh, mm -hmm. you, you, you press, you press cover. You're going to give up a couple of big plays to Waddle or to Hill because they can beat press coverage and you may not have your safeties may not be you know, able to control either side, both sides where one or the other guy maybe. But what you do is you disrupt the timing. Mm -hmm. on the roots and that's what that offense is built on is timing you know it's the san francisco offense basically the shanahan thing so two you know Tua wants to set go drop back three steps or whatever and then the receiver should be there but he's not because he's been bumped on the line and instead of being there he's four feet back or he's four feet back and two feet deep deeper than he should be and that that creates this in instant of confusion where you've got to kind of reset your brain and your arm and maybe your feet. Mm. And I think that's where he's had his main problems. You know, the, people talk about, he doesn't really have the strong arm and, and that's true. If he can't set, he doesn't really have a great deep arm. He, under right. 
but a lot of guys under throw <laughs> Tyreek Hill and, and yeah. Jalen Waddles. So, you know, you can survive. You can survive on that. Brock Purdy underthrows deep, you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, but you had, the, the important thing in that offense is being precise. And that means the receiver's got to be where he should be. And the quarterback's mm-hmm. got to get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, and that's become, I think, a problem for them, that which defenses are aware of. Um, they ran the ball pretty well. But um, would you, but you I, figured they would? I mean, given that the Packers run day is one of the, the worst in yeah, the business. But, but in the end, it was 17 carries for 82 yards between yeah. the two of them. You know, yeah. and I thought they I thought they would probably run a Lead bit on more. It more. Yeah, well, I, I think the, it was a fascinating game because I watched pretty much all of it. And the first half, I, I, based on how you've described how teams are playing the Dolphins and and two as shortcomings, because most most of us have them. I was watching really closely on that accuracy and he was really on point in the first half. He wasn't mm-hmm. underthrowing. He was, and and making some tough throws as well. And everything w- was chiming. And I think because of that, because they were, they were in complete control of the game in the first half. And then they didn't need Mostert. They didn't need, well, they were kind of mixing between Mostert and Wilson. I thought that would be the game plan from, from the yeah. get go. And yeah, I mean, and then the, of course the, the lead wasn't, that big right at the half you know right. uh, which so that you know but you would have thought that they would do it any do it anyway make daddy was getting a lot of criticism i think for well a lot is overstating it but he's getting a fair amount of criticism for certain points in a game i guess being too cute i think that's probably but we expected this from him as a, as an inexperienced head coach as well i, I kind of expect you, you got to take take that with it that's what you get right you get yeah some, dialing up to the level that you do because he's that kind of mind and that kind of zeitgeisty hipster head coach, but he's going to make mistakes early on in, in the wrong choice and just keep probably keeping it simple at times would have got them, uh, got them where they needed to be now on that. So then people go of, crazy when those kind of plays work though, people think great, crazy. Call it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I don't mind that he's mixing it up. That There's way. a lot of outcome bias involved in, in uh, such, such evaluations. It's a, it's a good point. The, um, the Finns then have the Patriots and the Jets, and at eight and seven now, there's a there's a, a very real chance that they could drop out of the playoffs altogether. So that in the AFC, the Patriots are now seven and eight after that defeat, and the Jets the same record, but they're probably done. The Patriots have beaten the Jets, um, right? Okay, already, and the Miami beat the Jets as well. So I I think uh, uh, the Pats have the Finns, and then of course the the Bills on the road in AT in uh, Week eighteen, which means well. Again, a lot. I guess a lot depends on whether <clears throat> the the Bills Bengals game this weekend. Because if the Bills lose to the Bengals and so they lose the shot of the number one seed, uh, assuming the the Chiefs win out, they might they might not have a huge amount to play for. I'm just trying to do the matter in that week eighteen game, so they might well rest up a number of a number of starters. So the Patriots can still make the playoffs. Is what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they it, could, it's right? possible. It's possible. Um, you know, I, I think if they in place of the fence, yeah. If they finished um, nine and eight, mm-hmm. and Miami finished nine and eight, I'm, I don't know. You know, the, the next time they—that's impossible, split. right? Oh, no, no, it's not impossible because, no. I, yeah, yeah, right. So they would have split their season series, so it would go down to the next tiebreaker. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a possibility. I mean, do I care? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the, the the thing is, we're talking about who's going to make the playoffs, who's not, and 
almost all of these teams are one and done teams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not going, they're not going to do it. And I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll just say it's a fair point. Dismiss them, but you know, New England's not going to beat anybody in the playoffs. Okay. What let's, let's flip it. That's a fair argument. So what about the Vikings then? Are they a one and done team? (laughs) They look like it. The results just don't say so. Right. Uh, They've won 11 games by one score or or less. The most in Um, NFL history. since. Yeah. Um, Greg Joseph, 61 yard. Field goal, you know, they what just, a kick that was. And them against the Giants was the perfect matchup because the Giants mm-hmm. sort of play the way that the Vikings do, um, stay in the game, you know, try to hang on till the end. It's they're the 2007 Giants, you know, mm-hmm. um, played a great game last week of the season against the Patriots and lost, but they knew they could beat them. Um, I remember at halftime of that game, it was seven three to New England, and we were doing the I was doing the game on BBC and. And, uh, you know, they said, I think it was Jake said, you know, how do you, what do you think of that first half? I said, well, the Giants are in the lead three to seven. This is exactly where they want to be. You know, they, they, they want to be in a one score game going down to the, you know, going down into the fourth quarter, you know, let their yeah. defense uh, keep it close. And yeah, that's kind of the team they are now. Minnesota's kind of the same way. They seem to mm. stiffen up in, in, in the red zone um, pr- pretty well. And Harrison Smith, I think is back. Um which makes which makes a pretty big difference uh, to their defense, and you know, I think Justin Jefferson might be my MVP. Not not offensive player. Of the Justin year. Jefferson. I think MVP. Mm. I think without him, that team is sunk. Mm. And he's he's won a couple of games just with big plays that no one had a right to be making. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know you know the the vote will be between Hertz and. And uh, Mahomes probably, mm-hmm. and you know Burrow could squeeze in there if he has a hot finish. And, but to me, I, I think it's time we, you know, let's give somebody else a bit of credit. Yeah, I do. You think? Uh, can you see a non-quarterback winning MVP anytime soon? It just feels like no. it's cemented now that it's yeah. always going to be a quarterback. It's a market. It's a marketing thing. They sell the game on quarterbacks. Mm. The quarterback has to be the MVP. It's the same what? in college, really, a, a little bit less, but you know. Because you think about the season Hills having, I know he's cooling a bit and um, and obviously Jefferson and we've seen in recent years, someone like Derek Henry, like what does a running back or, or a receiver have to do? What's the level? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. The, you know, the, the thing is the offense runs through one guy. So everything that they do reflects back on the quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, if Jefferson makes two tremendous cat, touchdown catches, that's two more TDs for Kirk Cousins. So it's know, more like not running back's going to win it then. Yeah, well, in theory, right? It is. Yeah, I mean, a team could rely on a running back, but that that's actually a more unlikely when I was in doing world league, we had a wide receiver MVP Marcus mm. Robinson from the Rhine fire went on to play for the Vikings. If I remember mm. right. And deservedly. So he, no one could cover him in the league. You know, Lawrence Phillips was the MVP of that league one year. No one could stop him running until he twisted his ankle before the, the world bowl. Um, but that's in the NFL, that, that's a sort of harder thing to do. We, we had the discussion about Tua when you were, you know, when you were stuffing the ballot boxes for Tua. Um, <laughs> sure. the, the, um, Boy, did I jinx uh, that. I, I, w- I was saying he's not the MVP on his own team. Yeah, yeah. Ty- that, that Tyree, Tyree Hill's the guy who's the MVP of that team because he cha- he turned the he turned the field around. You know, mm-hmm. um, his addition made it much harder to defend them, which made Tua's life much easier. Um, and which is not to criticize Tua because you know you do what you what you have to do. But but the difference in that team was Tyree Hill at, that, at the it's time. A, you know? It's a really good point you made there. That's been st- that stuck with me since you said. And also, I, after we recorded the show, it reminded me of the great Jimmy Orman sledge when he was playing for England against Australia. 
and it was the War Brothers era. And he came out, I think he only played a handful of times for England. And he was kind of bit part player, but here he is as an in an Ashes test, comes out to the crease, his very first test. And that Australian slip cordon, of course, was brutal. The probably the 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 prototype, the blueprint of sledging. And Mark Wall was saying, Jesus Christ, mate, you're playing for England? How desperate for England? You've got a cap for England. Oh my God. And Orbit just turned around and said, I might be, mate, but at least I'm the best player in my own family. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite comebacks ever. <laughs> and when you mentioned about the hill, uh, the hill and tour thing, it, it came to mind. Um, that, that's a good one. Oh, one bit of Miami love. I Somebody put up the play, so I saw the play separately. Mm. But it was Alec Ingold, who I agree with Miami fans, probably could have been easily the, the fullback on the AFC roster instead of um, Picard, uh, Captain Picard from uh, Rickard, Rickard Perno, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, from Baltimore. <laughs> um, but um, there's a play in that game where he comes in motion. He's lined up on the left as kind of a wingback, and he comes in motion right. And they run a play inside zone play and Zadarius Smith comes across the line and he whams him. It's a, mm. it's a classic wham block and Zadarius Smith literally three feet backwards right, and then flat on, on his back. I said, that puts you in the pro bowl right there. And it takes, <laughs> and it takes Zadarius Smith out of the pro bowl <laughs> for, for, this, for the Stop same reason. Down. Not an easy thing to do. Um, just on the Vikes. This was interesting uh, via uh, Alec Lewis at the athletic. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has 12 wins as a first-year head coach of the Vikings, the most in franchise history. So if we're talking about first-year bust and going full circle to Nathaniel Hackett, and to join the dots, O'Connell was on the shortlist for the for the Broncos gig. I wonder what the Broncos season might have looked like if O'Connell was their head coach. I mean, that, that's a very interesting point because um, one thing that he has done pretty well is manage Kirk Cousins. Take advantage, take advantage of him. And remember, mm-hmm. Thielen's been hurt for a lot, a lot yeah. of the season. Thielen's not the threat that he was two years ago mm-hmm. um, in that offense. They don't really, they don't have a great tight end receiving threat either. So, you know, KJ Hammer is okay and you know makes some plays, but it, it really is. They depend on Cook and Jefferson to yeah. run you know, for that team for that team to work, and he's done a pretty good job of of managing that. And um, that was a bit unexpected. We talked about him because we'd met him in New England in 2007. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was like, to me, was an unknown quantity. It, it's like a very low profile as an assistant at the, at the Rams. But, you know, but obviously um, came into a decent situation and made it better rather than kind of make, making it worse. And, mm. and that approach seems seems to have worked. I don't think Tackett went in trying to change much in Denver, you know, it's like I'm the new sheriff and we're going to do, I don't think that kind of thing happened. I think Hackett just simply wasn't up to the, to the day, day by day grind of, of head coaching and play calling. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a lot, it's a lot different from being just the play caller. Mm. Okay. Let's get into the mailbag on Mike. Uh, Cause what's a good one? Oh, there was a good one about Denver. Yeah. There was a good one about which Denver. I saw. Yeah. Did you message me about that earlier? So let me dig that up first. Uh, what, where did Denver go from here? Shambles. Yeah. St. Louis is my answer to that one. <laughs> There's no team there. Yeah. So why not, why not move them? That was uh, Warren Haven for that. Thanks. You knock about Warren and I, Mike knocks him down. Uh, let's go to, okay. This is a good one for a Mike, uh, AKA, uh, Nomi Court. In terms of increasing their chances of winning the Super Bowl, not just selling tickets and jerseys, how many top contending teams 
are going to be interested in Tom Brady next season, or is he just staying at the Bucks? Or of course, inevitable. That's that's that question. That's a really done. good, good, and you know, and indecipherable question, basically, because <laughs> no one, no one knows what's going on in Brady's mind. Go? Mm. Um, well, I, maybe you flip it then to what the market for him. Let's say Brady yeah. is up for a gig. I, I can't see him for- staying with the Bucks because I think that although they manipulated things so that it would be he and him and Brian Leftwich running the offense. I don't mm. think that's, I think that's visibly not worked, mm. um, you know, and, and um, it's for a while, we're making excuses, lightning route, defense had injuries, receivers were out, you know, but everything, the Bucks seem to be about as strong as they could be right now. And then it still isn't working, you know, um, teams still can't stop Brady in the fourth quarter when he starts throwing the five yard outs and the, and the seven yard crosses and that kind of stuff. And he's still good at that, but he's 45 years old. Um, who would want him? Who would want him? Would the you Giants, don't think he's still would got the it. Giants want him? The, um, would the pay, would he go back to the, back Patriots? to the Patriots? Cause that's a losing proposition. I mean, there's what, what do you have Is to it? gain? But as we just talked about a minute ago, even if they are one and done a playoff team, right? So the, addition of Brady and a different offensive coordinator. Well, that's the big thing. Difference. Brady would not go and play for Matt Patricia. No, definitely. I think I'm going to write Mitch, a little. Which is done anyway, right? I mean, well, the... well, no, he's a bit, you know, I'm going to write, I think I'm going to write a little skit for my Patreon column um, with Bill Belichick is like a mafia boss. You know, <laughs> nice. Boss, boss, your underbosses, they're killing us. <laughs> Maddie Patty, what are you doing with Maddie Patty? <laughs> Maddie Patty care. He can't it. run a crew. You know, where, where are you at? You know, what are you going to do? Bring in, bring in one of those young young bloods from across the river. You know, <laughs> Maddie Patty's. If it goes, if you do this, where you've got to go, throw back to Carnage, you got to go for Jimmy Garoppolo's going to be back in the way. <laughs> That's right. Jimmy, Jimmy G, Jimmy G can run this team. Jimmy G. <laughs> do you remember? Jimmy G's going to win the game. Oh, you think so? Think he's got a shot? No, no, you don't understand. Jimmy G's <laughs> going to win the game on Sunday. <laughs> I, interesting thing. I, I wonder if Bill gets frustrated with co- coaching and, and decides to just be the general manager, you know, but, mm. but there, there, there's the thing with his son, you know, was his, would his son become the head coach, which I, I, I can't. Because who would take happening. the gig if he, if, if Belichick was the GM? I mean, cause it's such big boots to fill josh mcdaniels <laughs> josh mcdaniels probably five years brady, five years late brady could that'd be amazing brady as player coach i think player the whole coach. player coach concept is, <laughs> I love is it. much I love under, it. underrated um I, or, I mean you could do crazy things um go to the ramps and and work with mcveigh which would kind of be interesting and and wouldn't break their bank um hmm. which is what what they have what they have to worry about um yeah. you know i i yeah, it's it's just who knows what's going on in his mind, what he thinks he has to prove. It's cost him a marriage, you know, his children, um, mm. you know, and, you know, I saw a thing that Gronk might come back next year. Oh, <laughs> so, here we go. So, so let That's Gronk story. decide where he wants to play <laughs> and then follow. Gronk and Brady in L.A. I could I, I, honestly I could see I could see it. Yeah. I could see it happening. Uh, all right. He's on the same kind of tip. Yeah, uh, there's the, if you look at who's going to be gone as coaches. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that was a question. So from yeah. you and Chalmers, which head coach is going to be the surprise sacking? So that can get you nicely oh, into that. Surprise. Um, McDaniels, I guess, would be the... McDaniels surprise. would be a surprise, uh, definitely. And you could make a case that that he, you know, that they've regressed under him. Mm. Uh, you, you could make a case they might be turning in the same, in the right direction. But the regression in David Carr is amazing. 
Derek Carr. Derek Carr. David Carr, it's even worse. His regression was really bad, but it started right at the start. Um, yeah, but that that's that's been amazing. Um, Kingsbury's out. You would have thought. Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised if Allen was out in New Orleans. Um, really? You'd be surprised if he was out? I think he's kind of got to be on the hot seat. Give him a quarterback and see what happens. Mm. You know, oh, he doesn't even, fair, he didn't, he didn't even him. have Jameis this year and, and sure. they stayed in games. They played well, well, okay. defensively. Okay. Um, but you, I mean, you, you could be right. Cause patience is not a, you know, is not a thing the, I think the surprise would be Mike Vrabel. Oh, they fired the GM. Yeah, so Vrabel yeah. won that won that contest, but they, they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Uh, although interesting, Vrabel because basically next week doesn't matter. Whoever wins the Tennessee Jacksonville game in the last week is going to go through in that division. Yes, right. Um, so you know it's an interesting coaching matchup with Doug Peterson against Vrabel. Um, I, I I really want to I really want to watch that game. Um, that'll be the, that'll I, be prime time, right? They'll they'll yeah, presumably well, have that. Um, because there'll and, be a play-in game, as you say. So yeah, and who who else? Um, I oh, Carolina's got Steve Wilkes, who's an interim coach. So yeah. he's actually done pretty well with them, uh, simply by making it simple. Yeah, know? and and actually, Sam Darnold looks like a yeah re- reasonable quarterback. Um, that thing, I, I, Sean McVay, I. You know, we we talked about uh, we talked about Denver, but we didn't talk about the Rams at all because you know while Russ couldn't cook, Baker was baking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> and and uh, you know if he actually makes Baker Mayfield look like a really great quarterback, which he's done uh, in the past two weeks, that would be like the greatest con job. Somebody's going to spend big money on Baker, and he's going to revert back to form yeah. because <laughs> McVay's not calling the plays in his ear, and telling, telling him where to look and stuff. It's um, McVay could McVay could be gone. You um, he won't be fired though. Surely. He won't be fired. No, but he could leave and take a TV job, which, yeah. which has been offered to him. Apparently, I think he and Brady would be the great color pair, mm. um, like on the Manning show. Like the Man- yeah, right. <laughs> the who else? We well, love. He's gone in in Houston, but that's that he was gone from. We we assume so, you yeah. know, and I. You know, when you look at that team, they're just not very talented. It's hard to point at anything Lovey does wrong. You know, yeah, he, hasn't yeah, yeah. Mis- no, I- he hasn't mismanaged games the way he did, you know, uh, um, in his last head coaching gig and stuff like that. They play hard. They're just not very good, you know. And uh, But obviously, they want to move in a different d- direction, probably back to what's his name, McCown. Um, yeah. You know, who they, who they couldn't hire last year because it would have been too embarrassing. Uh, what uh, about Arthur Smith in Atlanta? They'll give him another year. Another year. I, I think he, again, he's got nothing. I mean, you know, Mariota and Ritter. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, and Ritter. What do you, yeah, what prob- do you thought of early, they'll probably, early view on they'll Ritter? They'll probably give Ritter another chance, you know. Um, but he's not a, you know, he's not, a, what do you call it, prima facie franchise quarterback, obviously. Mm-hmm. He would fit what they want to do. But so does Mariota in, in a sense. But he offered them a bit more arm than, than Mariota has. Yeah. Um, they want to be the Titans, basically. And, you know, the Titans uh, are okay when Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback. I'm not sure with with um, um, Malik Willis, w- Malik Willis uh, that they're that they're going to be, be okay. You know, but yeah. that's the way the league's going. There's an interesting thing to be done there with, you know, Fields and, and Malik Willis and, you know, what's his name from who's coming out this year from Florida, Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. who's in that 
that kind of mold and except he's big he's, he's like cam built like cam newton mm-hmm. um and you know uh hurts you know th- this kind of single wing lamar jackson huntley the single wing kind of offense is mm-hmm. is like uh, a third of the teams in the nfl are running some kind of variation of that Rush and how many it. of those quarterbacks have got hurt you yeah know, that's yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's the real problem with it you know it's, yeah. it's an effective offense but uh, you you're, you're, run, you're running a risk mm-hmm. um Pete Carroll could retire. Stranger things mm. have happened, but I don't think I don't think he will. Uh, Bill could retire, but I don't think he will. Um, what else is he going to you know do with his life? Coach lacrosse. Well, hey, he was I, offered. I, I didn't realize this. I did. Yeah, somebody put up an article from the Wesleyan Argus in like 1986 or seven when he was mm. coaching with the Giants, and Wesleyan offered him the head coaching job at Wesleyan. Oh no at, way! At that point. And he sort of said, like, get real. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, he was probably making that in those days. What's that? That's 85. He was probably making a couple hundred thousand a year Mm. as the defensive coordinator of the Giants. He would have been making 70 or something as the head coach in in New England. They'd probably ask him to coach lacrosse as well. Would you you have been his first phone call, I might, for the coaching staff? You bet. You hire me as an assistant. Coach. That's right. You know, we'll, we can have a, we can have a great time. You know, look at, in fact. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm like showing, showing us for the benefit of those listening. Yeah. For those of you, for those of you listening on YouTube, I just showed you my red tea, my red sweatshirt. I'm glad that's Wesley. what you just showed us. The Wesley. Wesley Was that a Crimbo present? It looks like it might've been. No, no, it's an old, I've had this, this for years. It's like Chris, game jersey, is it? Yeah. Christmas, my daughter got me an, um, an office chair. Oh, not you want it now? No, I would be much more comfortable if I were. <laughs> Why aren't you on it? <laughs> what did Rufus get for Christmas? We because we were away, so we didn't have time ah, to put okay. it together. Yeah, yesterday Rufus got these these uh, chicken sticks. Which... Oh, nice! So they gone down well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, I, Mike, we got through it. We battled through it. Apologies for the cost. So hopefully, Propo will edit those out when he recovers from his hangover, from his Jager bomb hangover. Yeah, I, I forgot that my microphone actually has a mute button. Since I've, <laughs> I've, never, I've never used. I've never used it in my life. <laughs> I don't come with a mute button, <laughs> much to my chagrin. So you can just stop me coughing. Oh boy, we got there in the end. Thank you, everyone who got your questions in. At the NC show, as I might suggested, we are going to do some mailbag specials at some point in, in proceedings. But uh, we yeah, we got it. We stuck a few in at the end there. So we appreciate all of those. And apologies if we didn't get to your questions, but we'll try and uh, save them up and rattle them out at some point in the future. I am Mike, you're, you've given a little hint about your Patreon column. That's uh, good. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing the college bowls. Um, I'll do a quick recap of, of the ones that are taking place this week. Um epic battles all of them mm. um and then i'll, I'll go ahead and um, preview the ones for next week and uh, luckily they get there's fewer of them which means the games get better because <laughs> all these all these matchups of six and six teams are, are starting to really bore me you know the the um the cheese it bowl that was coming up on thursday <laughs> i mean if you're a college kid you know how, how much more prestigious how you know to tell your kids or your grandchildren <laughs> yeah. that back in 19 in 2022 i played in the cheese it bowl <laughs> <laughs> the epic college the epic college class a, a clash and it's actually one of the better games it's florida state against oklahoma oh it's not yeah right it's not bad yeah, but the big game is the last one of the weekend, uh, mm. the week actually, which is um, uh, 
Washington. It's the only one between two ranked teams, Washington against Texas okay. in the in the Alamo Bowl, which takes place in San Antonio and is not sponsored by Alamo Rent-A-Car because I think Alamo <laughs> Rent-A-Car may not exist. Anymore. Missed opportunity. I think, I think they did at um, at one time. Mm. When we when we finish the thing, I'll tell you my story about the Kelly Tire Blue Gray All-Star Football Classic. Ooh, that sounds good. Um, but I'm not sure the audience would. Right. Someone might be, we'll- might be offended by it. We'll um, let them go. Oh, they definitely want to hear it now. We'll let them go anyway. And you can tell me. Uh, I might look after yourself. Uh, okay. Gang, we're back later in the week. Edge Rush. Only will be taking the living piss out of me, I'm sure, on Edge Rush. So you don't want to miss that. <laughs> <laughs>